You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Are we rolling? Yeah. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. I have some thoughts about this episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello. I know it's the only second, only the second episode of the season. So just in case you're joining us for the very, very first time, mm-hmm. um, welcome to the Riverdale Gang Watch Along Critical Commentary uh, Podcast. Yeah, we, your hosts, uh, jump on into the show. Um, we've already been through once and collected our thoughts and um, squeed the squeeze and had many emotions, usually. Usually. U- usually. I'm still having emotions. I have a lot of opinions about that episode. Yeah. And then we share those thoughts. Um taking various uh, filmmaker, narrative, theater, artisty approaches to break it all down, um, and geeking out a little bit when we can, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty much that. Um, so, uh, last week on The Riverdale Gang, we talked a little bit about representation and how that's a big topic for us. Yes. Um, I wanted to touch on that briefly. Um, Ryan and I are both queer. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan and I are also both white. Yep. And we talk a lot about um, representation of minority characters mm-hmm. in this show. And in fact, in television generally, I would say. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to check myself mm-hmm. um, as a white person and say that um, it's very easy for Ryan and I to sit here and complain about this. <laughs> it's not a reality that we have to live. Um, it's not a something that I'm ever going to have to deal with. I'm not an actor. I'm not a person of color. Um, I'm only a producer and writer of theater. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, hmm, well, they could have done that differently. Hmm, they're <laughs> so, like, backward to make that particular choice. Mm-hmm. And it occurs to me that when we talk about representation in television or in theater or in film or in any media, um, it runs the risk of just being an easy complaint to make without making any concrete hmm. choices in that direction. I think that's a good observation, yeah. Um, so I just I just want to check myself. That's kind of all I need to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's especially good to take space to um, acknowledge and say again that, uh, you know, these, these intersectional experiences aren't interchangeable. Uh, we as, as members of the LGBTQ plus community don't, you know, we don't get race just because we get other marginalized experiences. Yeah, that's super important to say. Yeah, um, I guess kind of acknowledging that too and just saying it out loud, again, reminding ourselves that too. Um, and I, I also want to mention the perspective, um, talking about race, uh, when I'm uh, critiquing a show like Riverdale, another project... Um, I'm also coming in with the attitude uh, as someone who does a lot of casting, who sits yeah. at the audition table a lot. Um, what do I need to think about? Um, mm-hmm. I I have myself personally on projects made numerous mistakes as far as um, especially uh, queer and gay representation, bisexual representation. There are projects that in the end project product, <sighs> I look back with uh, a lot of like, oh, we goofed um Mm -hmm. and that is artists with lived experience still repeating and perpetuating these patterns so um 
I think it's a critical ongoing conversation. Something I practice here, I guess, is is keeping an eye out for that. Um, to yeah, decrease the amount of goofs that I will inevitably and inevitably make. Um, I think that's something too. Uh, we have blind spots. We're going to miss things, and um, and we might be wrong about many of these analyses. Um, and that is something that we we always want to welcome and make space for feedback. Um, something we're interested in trying this year as well. If uh, any of you want to participate in in that that conversation, add your own thoughts on on uh, the representation that's important to you, or um, open a conversation about something we've brought up. Um, something we're trying to make space for possibly in the social media yeah um that's it's a challenging thing to do sometimes yeah to have that conversation in a positive way um yeah yeah that's basically all i felt i needed to say i'm not going to stop talking about representation in terms of this show or in Mm -hmm. terms of any particular media but i do yeah i did just want to make sure that i said that yeah. And and not only just said it, like, I, I feel it, and that's why I said it. And I, I think a good kind of subject of the day for us to go into, uh, we talked maybe a bit more about design last time and aesthetic and genre. Um, this is a pretty genre-confused episode, though. Yeah, so we're oh gonna my. Talk about that. Anyway, so <laughs> now, that we, now that we have touched on that, um, this episode, holy mackerel, you all... <laughs> Um, there's like eight genres happening in this episode. I think we're going to try and play a little game where we name them all. Yep. Uh, and what's prominent and what's not and what the heck and A plot, B plot, C plot, D plot, E plot. We're, we're spinning the ensemble cast real hard. Um, we're getting dark and twisty. Yeah. Um, they're not pulling punches with the break their own world. I think. No. Rules. I'm intrigued. Yeah, like we're we're doing permanent damage to the town of Riverdale that makes Riot Night look chill. It does. Mhm. And we're doing permanent damage to relationships and characters. Um there's a lot of yellow flags in this episode for me. I want to say that right now. Why only yellow? Um there are a lot of things that I'm giving this show the benefit of the doubt. Based on what they haven't screwed up last year. Okay. Yeah. I think I know which plot you are speaking of. What? There's a few, but yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that real soon in real time. Yeah. Um, I think we should jump in. Yeah. Um, just so you know, Riverdale gang, um, I often uh, um, indulge in painting my nails when I come over to Ryan's. We're at Ryan's just now, so I, um, if you hear me go, oh heck, at some point, <laughs> it's because I've messed up my fingernails. Coming to you live from Ryan's bed. <laughs> 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 Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. All right, should we jump in? Because I have the better nail polish collection. It's true. He does have a very good nail polish <laughs> collection. All right, should we jump in, bud? Yeah, let's do the thing. All right, we're going to sync up with the um, Netflix Badoom sounds, so. Ready? Uh, I- I'm ready. You ready, Chloe? Yes. Badoom. We reversed that time. Yeah. Yeah, this, Instinctually. this is about Dilton, Dilton, Dilton. Okay, so, um, I don't know how many of y'all were hanging out in the summer, but, uh, we played a round of Call of Cthulhu set in the world of Riverdale, in which one of our guest artists played Dilton Doily. Um, I want to come clean that I had been spoiled on this, 
whole thing, Dilton being um, carved with runes as a corpse. Right. And that is why I chose to, to bring Dilton Doily into the Call of Cthulhu world, because Sandbox. Yeah, fair. We can do anything with him. So I'm I'm glad they didn't go hard to left field. Crosses? Is that on purpose? I don't think so. That's... So we're in prison, and Archie's being cavity searched and deloused. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Open his mouth, okay. look in. I mean, presumably they did all the cavities, but... So we're in a very interesting vintage trope as heck. Leopold and Loeb Jewel Juvenile yeah. Detention Center. So Leopold and Loeb, um, were, pinged is familiar for both of us. They are um, a pair of serial killer prep school uni kids um, who were probably very sociopathic and thrill killers in the, like, 1900s. Uh, who are mm. a famous media case in true crime, like early vintage true crime. Um, I only know about them because I almost did set design on a play about them like six years wow. ago. Wow. This dude has Shakespeare on his wall. He has a sonnet. He's not worthy of sonnets. This yeah. is an evil warden, y'all. Oh. And trouble death heaven with my bootless <laughs> cries is the next line of that um, sonnet, <laughs> by the way. Very encapsulates nice. how uh, Archie's going to be feeling in due course. <laughs> Dilf squad, Dilf squad, Dilf squad. Veronica's diner. I kind of like that Veronica is building building her own little empire. She's going to need it. She's going to need it. Falling. I want to see her get illegally emancipated. Yeah, That's she deserves that. That's what I'm into. That, that said, um, the big, not twist, but the big amping up of stakes with her and Hermione last episode... Uh, do throw something of a hitch into that, I think. The legal emancipation thing. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, and back to the Coopers and the cult. Oh, boy. So we're we're sticking with the Caesar hallucination. What do we think about that, Chloe? I don't think it's, it was a Caesar hallucination. I think that's pretty obvious. I agree. Do we think the babies are flying? I don't know what we think <laughs> is happening with the babies. <laughs> Oh boy, this episode escalates the weird. Um, I can't wait to have a whole season of Sabrina. You didn't see them sink throw- side by you- side. Sorry, sorry, I got distracted. You didn't see them throw into a ba- the bonfire. You saw them levitate over the fire. Well, if I recall, they were like dropped into the fire and floated up. True. I can imagine every stage of that being shocking. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're fixated on the flying baby, but we don't have the trauma of watching two babies fall in a bonfire. Yeah, I do find it interesting that she doesn't tell Jughead. Yeah, well, it's, about any of it. Like she doesn't know what's happening, I guess right? That's true. Like, I, you know, remember she didn't tell Jughead about the black hood until she had to, or yeah. or maybe was in a position of power about it yeah why does he call it a totem i have a very specific association with that word so yeah that's why i'm confused i feel like that might be our context in pacific northwest um because i think totem like uh, i first encountered that word in pokemon oh really oh okay like a totem just any representation or not yeah I don't think they're going for totem pole there. 
even though that visual of the the effigy from the woods. These two are really good at romantic sleuthing. I've never yeah. liked romantic sleuthing before these two. Wow, that's quite a compliment. Yeah. Um, I still don't really like prison shows. I'm going to put that out yeah. there. I'm not actually enjoying prison subgenre. I'm... Yes. So, so far we've hit two, three genres. Mm-hmm, two? Mm-hmm. Question. Are, yeah, we two, maybe three. Because. Because yeah. we've got. We've cult got... might be. Yeah, we've got cult. Creepy game. We've got teenage sleuths. Mm-hmm. We've got um, young girl does good trying to get her boy out of prison. Or is that part of this that's genre this, that's that we're this. in? Well, okay. I think we've got the Archie and Veronica. Yes. Duality. It's the prison show. And then we've got the Betty and Jughead duality. Yeah. I think we can probably safely assume Betty's and Jughead's are intertwined here. Yes. Until told otherwise. Um, if only from the narrative framing we're getting, right? Because we do have two buddy plots here. Kind of sharing focus. Yes, that's true. Um, hmm. That kid's cute. Mad Dog, he has some muscles. He's got a sweet face, too. <laughs> Veronica, I like that she's doing the ad, probably what it feels like her, to the administrative work. Yeah. She's keeping the lights on. I, yeah. What is happening on Cheryl's bra? Sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> okay, I understand what's happening on her bra now. I like that Cheryl seems to exist outside genre at the moment. She's just playing her own game and is back to this to the level of confidence she carried at the beginning of season one, but it feels earned. <laughs> and I like that Josie is an active participant. Yes. I also like that Cheryl goes, I get it. Oh my God. She and we just want the Tony and Cheryl show where Tony does all sorts of unnecessary emotional labor teaching Cheryl about the world. I will and say, and then Cheryl yes. apologizes profusely, and there is another plot. <laughs> we are definitely lacking in Tony time. Leopold and Loeb, sociopathic young preppy killers. They sounded familiar, but I didn't know anything about them, so I was pleased that you knew. It's pretty random. It's not a frequently done play or especially good one is it based on true events yeah yeah it's a true crime thing oh yeah so i don't understand why fp wouldn't predict this happening (laughs) i feel like joaquin is a bit of a free agent in some regard here yeah like this would have been fine if Joaquin didn't step in and vouch for him not being legitimate. Right. Um, so. But I'm just surprised FP didn't know that. That, well, yeah. I I mean, the fact that FP didn't seem to anticipate Joaquin being there suggests to me that there's another power player that Joaquin's serving. He's not necessarily oh. a servant, serpent agent anymore. Right? Like. If we knew he was there, if FP knew he was there, FP was doing everything in his power to protect Archie, right? Yeah. And FP's agent wouldn't say, Archie, go shift a dude. There's a different power dynamic now. Yeah. (sighs) What's that ghoulie doing? He looks sort of sad. Waiting to be shivved. 
I guess so. <laughs> Cruising for a shiving. Um, we probably should have mentioned this earlier. This show should have mentioned this. There's a lot of death and, like, ritualized suicide stuff in this episode. Yeah. Also, it, this is our friend Nick. Yeah. We're anyway, pretty sorry. sure. Um, this is a weird episode for us. Um, Nikolai Witchell. Nikolai Witchell. Um... Maybe that's not what he uses as his stage name. Yeah. But it sure... He's not credited on the IMDb, but I'm, like, 80% sure it's him. Yeah. I was... He was in Deadpool as well. He was the creepy uh, orphanage dude in Deadpool. Oh, the and, Deadpool 2? Yeah. And I, I was 80% it. sure it was him in that as well. Um, yeah. From uh, impro- uh, Instant Theater. Great. I'm so glad that he has a career. He's such a nice man. <laughs> Lovely. This is the weird episode where, like three or four people we're acquainted with just pop up. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just geek out about that for our own indulgence. Thank you for indulging us, gang. Yes. Also, I, I interrupted Ryan's trigger warning. Yes, there is like ritual death, ritual suicide. There's beating yeah. up. There's prisons. There's all sorts. There's a lot of horrible stuff in this episode. It could... Do what you got to do. There's like 20% chance this isn't Nick, but I we've... Got it. He's not on the IMDb. This, the Doctor character isn't on this episode's IMDb. It must be an oversight. Yeah. Because that's a heck of a monologue. Yeah, that's a lot of lines. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's him. Yeah, it, it looks... It Anyway. Ah, where were we? Yes. We were, um, we were back at the... So here we are in mm-hmm. a genre we've already seen. Yeah. Now, I, I was going to observe observe that... I think there is some distinction in the the abs- the high fantasy type of suicides and ritual killing happening here. Mm. Like we're not actually approaching this from a, a mental health crisis perspective in any no, way, indeed. right? It is Still people creepy. enchanted. Yeah. Um. What is okay? Oh yeah, this is a strange scene as well. Ghoulies just beating up Archie because they can. I guess that's how prison. Yeah. So also, I feel like this is Archie's opportunity to say, like, the serpents told me to shiv one of you, and I didn't. Well, then he's just joining the other side, right? I guess so. Yeah. Why do they want his shoes so bad, or is it just a power play thing? I mean, it could be both. I as there is a culture around expensive sneakers that I do not participate in or understand, but the whole thing yeah, about a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing Jim here, Arch. You're a bad liar. Okay, I, I I have a suspicion that we're moving on from the prison genre somewhat next episode because we're fast-forwarding so rapidly through the entire arc. Of, yeah, that's true. Of every, like, B-list, C-list pri- prison redemption sports story. Yes. It hits all the beats real quick. That's true. And this reminds me more of the um, the Drag Race episode. In rapid fire genre. Oh, interesting. And okay. kind of hyperbol- hyperbolic over exaggeration, even for Riverdale. So, and I, I say hopefully because I I don't actually like this expression or this dichotomy, the this prison setup right now. Yeah. So here's Evelyn. Have you seen my sister Evelyn? Anyway, <laughs> unrelated. Um, so she's, is she creepy? She, is she trying to help? What's happening here? I was anticipating her being a little more in little love good, but she's a bit more. She's also creepy. look how vintage she looks. Yeah, 
now it's on purpose. She's a little Archie character. I mean, I know it's on purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah. But is it like I've looked the same since 1950? Mm. Mm -hmm. Or is it like my dad is a cult leader and I look like a prairie girl? (laughs) Little from column A, little from column B. My guess, my instinct was the second. Um, And honestly, just the the aesthetic of this genre. All right, here's our C plot that is. I'm not. Yellow flag. Yellow flag. I don't want to watch cute white gay boys have problems with closets and identities. Yeah. I don't want to watch it. I've lived it. I've seen it. It's every piece of media targeted at me. Yeah. And hi, Simon. That uh, Mr. Mason is uh, Spectral Theater's Simon Hussey, who uh, we both also worked with. Yes. This is a weird episode. I directed a play he wrote. (laughs) Um... Yeah. yeah, we're over it. We're so over it, Riverdale. Don't do it. Give Kevin something better to do, please, gosh. And pl- if you're going to give him a romance plot, don't give him the tropiest trope gay romance plot you could give a white gay boy. Yes. It's done. Uh, you work here now. <laughs> she owns Pop, Cheryl. That's a, that's a gutsy move. To just... It is a gutsy move. It's a bit rude. Yes. You're acting like trash. I don't want to get a citation. <laughs> Rude. She's back to being able to dismiss her entourage. It's Yes. It's interesting that those vixens reemerged after the year yeah. she's just had. I want to know what's going on with Cheryl. I'm confused. She seems so she's calm. She's a serpent and she's not and she's a rich girl and she isn't. Where's her mom? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Cheryl is about to name drop something that's real. Yeah. The Innocence Project. Um, I mentioned the podcast Serial in the last episode. I mentioned Ad- Adnan Syed. The Innocence Project worked on Adnan Syed's case in the show Serial. Mm. So, the Innocence Project is a real thing, and the woman who runs it is so cool. And I forget her name, but she's real cool. And it's a group of lawyers who basically work on cases of people who didn't do it. Or who say they didn't do it. Right. And see if it'll hold water. Mm-hmm. And see if they can prove. Or even, it's even, like, the person might even be guilty. They just want a fair, like, they just want to see if there's a fair trial right. possible. Yeah. There's also that. Mm. That's the So it's, it's a general, like, falsely accused, yes. lacking due process, yes. oversight. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Now, out of curiosity, compared to something... Um, you know, like there are so, so many good existing organizations like the ACLU the, and regional variants that specifically do that type of work. I'm curious if there's anything that makes the Instance Project distinct or separate from existing institutions. Um, like a narrowing a good, of focus? That's or? a good question. Mm-hmm. I think the ACLU seems to be focused mostly on um, human rights cases. Am I wrong about that? Like not human rights mm-hmm. cases. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a lack of due process cases, like the the prisoner's right to a fair trial, mm. the prisoner's right to um, mm. an unbiased jury. Well, I I think thing. they're quite broad because I know, like for oh, example, okay. in on we're talking uh, through all if this there's other an, plot, sorry. if there's an election day problem, um, the ACLU has a hotline to call. 
Oh, and we'll I see. dispatch someone. Right. So the Innocence Project doesn't do stuff like that. The yeah, Innocence yeah. Project is solely focused on people who are already in prison, who've already mm-hmm. been convicted. There's another person you yeah, know. Sam Spear. Mm-hmm. Hi, Sam Spear. <laughs> she has a uh, twin sister named Kaylee, and they make movies together. Hmm? Vancouver's um, small, y'all. Yes. So the Innocence Project. Yeah. So the Innocence Project, I think, specifically works with people who are already in prison, who've already been mm. convicted, who already have a sentence. Cool. Okay. So it's different. Yeah. There's a narrowed focus for yes. pro- presumably cases that would have maybe some uh, test cases or or cases with more legal precedent ramifications yeah. as well. I like this first look at Mayor Hermione. I'm glad we're getting that, yeah. especially after the the amping up of stakes from last episode. Um, we missed Ben altogether, and, um, yes. I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot of Ben, so, um, uh, Dylan on the Facebook group called it. It's Ben from the Bijou Drive-In. Yeah. Who, I guess, is just, is a really lucky elevated extra, which happens sometimes. Yeah. You, you make a good impression and they start giving you lines. Um, cool. Congratulations, Ben. Yeah. Whoever you are. Presumably some local Vancouver actor. Cool. I don't know how I feel. This is maybe a little yellow flag for me, too. It seems Ethel's like... It, I, can't, I can't decide if it's, like, Revenge of the Nerds or not. Mmm. I don't feel like we're seeing anything from Ethel's perspective here. I don't feel like she is an empathetic character in this plot yet, or is being set up to be one. Yeah. And I feel a little troubled by that, given how the petty... Ethel that was built up last season and the Ethel who we started with. Mm -hmm. I'm not really psyched to see Ethel turned into a petty functionary villain character. Yeah. I'm also not stoked to see her turn into like, I don't even know what the word is that I want, but Mm -hmm. Dilton Doily has a secret bunker in the woods. Don't sound surprised, Jughead. (laughs) Um, I love that little nod they give each other. Where um, Ethel turns into, like, we're going to be together forever kind of girl mm, character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Yeah. the um, I'm not interested in her being in an imaginary world with an imaginary boyfriend being slightly insane and obsessed with him. I'm not interested in that plot. Yeah. It's, Boring. I, I know the trope you mean, but I, I likewise can't name it. We're back with Archie in prison. That's a pretty tame bruise. Yeah. You're fine. I, I, I can't say I care a super lot about this plot. I really, I'm interested in this other character. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mad Dog is more interesting than yeah. anything else that happens in Archie Prison. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy <laughs> about, like, magical characters showing up with all the plot holes, mm-hmm. slash the new plot to voice, and then disappearing, especially when it's an actor of color representation again. Yeah, problematic things. Yep. Because um, this actor is very engaging. I'm interested in his story. Yeah. If, in his character story, excuse me. If they if they let his character grow. Yeah. Um, which is a question. It's a question. Also, they, they I do love little, sorry, little set dress thing. I love how yeah. all the pinup is vintage. Go on. Yes. Well, and he has a, a record player and an old, oh, um, man, an old, an old television. Oh There's my god. A real aesthetic. He's also got a have you been here since the fifties thing going. Which does lead me to think these are just production design notes more yeah. than more than in world info. Hi Allison FP. Yeah, You're wh- hanging out. What's going on there? <laughs> so much. Uh, also, I'm in what if the big like twist 
mm-hmm. is that there's been some sort of curse on the town since the 50s and they can't, like, leave it. Oh, um... Kind of like your game. So, there's a bunch of spoilers out there that I'll talk about after the show. Don't okay. let me forget. Okay. Um, keep speculating till then. But in that okay. vein, there's there's some things that are known. For anyone who wants to skip it, I'll save it for now. But, okay. Um, they're hyping up a few sp- specific upcoming episode details. Okay. <sighs> I don't like it when adults keep teenage couples apart. I think it's really, really infantilizing and inappropriate. Make sure your children is children are on birth control and let them be. <laughs> Unless there's abuse involved. So, Veronica shows a startling lack of understanding of prison culture in any way, shape, or form for the amount of time she's interacted and dealt with family and friends in prison. I know, but they, they've probably been in nice prison. <laughs> you know? Fair. Fair. Still, though, like, you don't understand why the really fancy sneakers are maybe a problem? Yeah. It is a very foolish I, I'll thing. just have to remember Veronica is still a teenager. <laughs> Perhaps. I like that we're getting a touch more Reggie screen time. Interesting. Goes out there with those Adidas shoes. Bold. And makes a really bad speech. Yeah. That works. But, uh, okay. <laughs> I love how they're all kind of, like, standing around like the Sharks and the Jets here. It's really annoying. Yep. This is... That, like, he would just get completely obliterated in real life by these other men. Just... This is BS. The, the fantasy that Archie could command this social context is tropey weird wish fulfillment stuff yes yeah but i hope we're moving on from this i hope we're moving on from prison land um i've also never really liked this plot you know this this plot is a lot of films have done this plot um my dad generally enjoys this type of dude movie of Long prison sagas and more films. So yeah, I've seen a lot of really... these. But it's... Yeah. We are men. F- fudge. Fudge you, Arthie. <laughs> Ar- Arthie? I can't even talk. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> but he does I, end I'm... up getting support. That's what makes me buy this. From Mad Dog. The silent, powerful guy. Who needs some lines in a plot, please, Riverdale? Mm-hmm. Well, I I feel like he's got some plot coming, potentially. That's true. Potentially. We'll see. When we get to that scene. I think it's reasonable... That a game it's of a, football good, would be played for the sneakers? Yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah, like, it's, like, good use of the sneakers. That is the one thing that you passed your charisma check. Yeah. The one moment. This was almost a nice moment. Actually, this was a nice moment, even with Betty booking it out at the end. Yes. Spoilers. I like this Alice. I like this authentic Alice. Yeah. Is that just chamomile tea, though? I'm very suspicious right now. Oh, yeah. I I don't believe Alice ever has less than two or three games going on. Yes. Like... (laughs) Like, she's manipulating the situation. I don't think she knows how not to. 
but she is yeah. that really red is authentic to me. Yeah, it really scared me. What happened to you? At least feels very real. Yeah, and, and Betty is gonna do what she's doing. I just want you to be safe. Sounds like maybe Polly's in control of that power dynamic, and Alice doesn't know what to do. Mm. Maybe who knows? I, that is an interesting thing as well. And now we go wandering in the forest at night, as all all young Riverdale teens do for some reason or mm-hmm. another. Apparently not losing your virginity. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> None of them, well, the, the straight ones have lost their virginities. Oh, gosh. Problems and problems. Although, I do did appreciate that it seems that Archie and Veronica didn't enter into their relationship virgins. Yeah, I got that vibe as well. I liked that. They were pretty chill about it. <laughs> <sighs> They're, they're really sweet little sluice together. Yeah. And then this noise happens. What even is this? This is like some Blair Witch kind of bananas, except it's shot very differently than Blair Witch. Yeah. And it's like, covered in blood. Cycling through Wicker Man, Mononoke. Yeah, all kinds of stuff happening here. Centaurs in the woods, Voldemort. <laughs> There's, uh, I can't quite put my finger on the word for this genre. The neon's back. I the, noticed that yes, here. Yes, the neon is Not back. Not fully, but maybe it's like they're coming back to life a little bit. Maybe. So we're getting our color gradient. Um, so this is, this is kind of whatever genre Stranger Things is, but Stranger Things is itself four or five sub-genres of its own genre. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, wow, the neons really are back. Yeah. What does that mean? Just at this moment. I'm reading it as, well, the neon has perhaps been a Jughead staple more than not. Maybe it's hmm. this building comfort and chemistry back as they have a, a some hijinks to unravel again. Hijinks, you like death. Death, yeah. of, death of the friends. <laughs> Death and the friends, best kind of hijinks, I guess. So many dead friends. Um, There's no grief counseling in Riverdale High. I know, that is weird. Um, I do want to say very quick, something I really like about the, the Bughead relationship, mm-hmm. in terms of them being sleuths, is that Betty, no one is each other's sidekick. Yeah. They're totally equals. They're partners. Which I really appreciate, because I don't see that dynamic a lot. Mm-hmm. Even in very... Um, otherwise progressive shows like in Broadchurch, they are partners, but he's technically in charge. Mm-hmm. And I love that show. That's not like necessarily a criticism. I love mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, anyway, I just think it's cool. Here's Veronica trying to do something nice for Archie with Cheryl. And here's a progression of a Kevin plot in ways that I do not feel comfortable with. Yeah, don't like... I, I don't want to see this scene. I don't care about it. I don't care about Moose's awkwardness about his identity right now. Like, maybe this is a nice stepping stone to an act, a proper story of bi-representation and, and self-discovery. But get to that? Yeah. Because this... Kevin asking, are you ashamed of me, is not an emotional encounter I'm comfortable pro- dealing with on this television right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm comfortable dealing with it and commenting on it. And I've dealt with it at, uh, on this podcast. But, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, not into it. 
There's 80 million other plots you could give a queer character. And then, including the one that we're just watching these two straight men have. Yeah. This could be very sweet. Yeah. I like this actor. I'm curious who this actor is. He's working, yeah. working what he's got here. Is he Canadian? Is he local? Can we cast him Oh, I things? doubt he's local. It's true. He's either very good at faking an American standard accent or it's his real accent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, KJ Apa. Yeah. And then this true. ominous noise as he goes. Yes. What and does he say the here? plot thickens and darkens. Yes. Because he knows he's going somewhere and not coming back, it would seem. It does seem that way. I didn't clock that the first time. And now we're in the bunker. Of course, Dilton had a bunker. <laughs> what does he say? He really um, was a hardcore survivalist. There's a whole comic about this. I have it. We, I, we never did read that. I did. Oh. It's about him being a survivalist. Well, there the we go. Well, that story's done now. Evidently it is. <laughs> it was... They killed Dilton. I feel like there's more opportunities for that character. I felt that way about Midge and Svensson. Not really Svensson, but my nostalgia made me feel that way about Svensson. Aw. He was done wrong. Yeah. But, but uh. And... I wonder where this is going. Jumanji. Maybe? Like, I wouldn't be surprised I'm, at this point. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. That, well, Dungeons and Dragons, Jumanji. What does that even mean, though? I guess that is kind of what Stranger Things was. Yeah, so there was a, lot, a toy, yeah. there's a picture, there's some cards. There's kids who are deeply, deeply losing track of reality. And... And the sink to the kingdom. Mm. There's a lot being woven in here. Like... These kids are actors in an antagonistic system, and there's invisible antagonists so far. It's interesting because I, we're visibly skirting around an obvious violent antagonist in a much different way than we did in season one. Yeah. Or is this going, like, in the direction of, whoa, that was really a lot. That jump scare. Um, and now there's um, the survivalist child, Master, Master Doily. Um, troubling. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say about, or are we going like crucible mm. on this where there's an adult manipulating these kids and they're starting to play insane because mm. they've been so whipped up? Right. Yeah. You know? Where does the influence sit? What is it doing? And where does the agency sit? That's going to be our genre-defining questions as our antagonist is slowly revealed. I'm really cool with us spending a lot more time in this genre. I'm, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Um, this feels more at home for what Riverdale excels at. Yeah. So this is an ominous and horrifying sequence in some ways. Um... Sports, right? Sports, right? <laughs> what what does he say to him here? 
I didn't catch that Not either. so fun without the pads. <laughs> it's about to get a whole lot better. And then we remember we're in Riverdale for a minute. Yes. And I don't know how I feel about this scene. It is part of a long tradition the show has of producing deep cheesecake music numbers. Yeah. That's my girl. It's definitely on genre. Yes. I'm, I'm like, I'm cool with how straight it is because of how much I actually enjoyed this performance as much as it's auto-tuned as heck. I just don't know how I feel about the fact that it's teen cheesecake. I mean, none of them mm. are actually teens. Yeah. I also like, it's so interesting about this power that women are allotted as long as they play a certain role mm -hmm. like if you're into playing this role all power to you like mm -hmm. some women rock it and it's so great and they are so powerful right now these like these men can't touch them mm -hmm. their bodies are powerful they're dancing they're singing they're enjoying how sexy they are they know they're appreciated um what happens when they step out of that role? That's the problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've already dissected that pretty uh, unusually in-depthly on Riverdale with the Nick St. Clair plot with yeah. some of the other power dynamics and with the limitations of Veronica's own power, as yeah. we're seeing in this scene. Um, yeah. Josie feels perhaps like the, most, the least um, vulnerable expression of that. Like, her character arc, her archetype is rooted in the, the balladeer, the, the pop artist, right? Right, And the that's local true. star. Oh, as disrespectful as you're being to me. So this, this is so this is where the show kind of passes back into reality. Not this moment. Yeah. But we're about to see the institution mess up those prisoners. Yeah. And I don't like that this show pins that on a criminal mm. who isn't the establishment. Because the yeah. criminal in this situation is the establishment and not yes. the Hiram Lodges of the world, who are also scary and terrifying. Yes, but the warden and the guards are actors in an oppressive system yeah. without someone else dark outside pulling the strings, prison violence is a huge and ever-present thing. Yeah. And here we go. Also, what is this, like, reverse Oedipal thing where Archie and... Not that the Hiram. Oedipus complex was actually a thing. Oedipus. <laughs> what is this reverse Oedipal thing between Archie and Hiram over Veronica? Like, it's so weird that he's competitive yep. for her. Mm. That's like the first smart thing you've said, Archie. Right. <laughs> yep. And then everyone gets beat in a prison riot. And it's awful. Yeah. I like that they let this be awful. I think that's yeah. important and valuable. Yeah. The fact that no one cares that the the most privileged kids in town are standing outside watching this is an interesting beat. Yes. Um this is quite a blow in the fight between Veronica and Hiram because he has escalated the violence here. Mhm. Mm I am so intrigued to see what Veronica's escalation looks like. Yeah. You know? Also, Mad Dog died in the riot. Please yeah. tell me that's not true. 
Don't just have a black character deliver some plot lines and then die. Yeah. Please tell me he comes back. He's an yep. engaging actor. Don't do this. <laughs> now, I think we're pretty obviously moving on into Fight Club genre. Cage match, human, tra- human trafficking. explanation. Yeah. He better be down there because if they literally just killed him, that is a bad use of good development. <laughs> Cheryl's like... Get a new name, duh. I have a friend like that who's she, like, well, I'm like, so the rules have changed, and and my friend will go like, okay, so break the new rules. <laughs> what? <are> you, <laughs> what? <laughs> Shout out to K Pride. <laughs> and here we have a weird scene with Ethel. Yeah. Because she is not in control of reality, and she, and ooh, I'm disappointed yeah. that this is that Ethel is. An NPC. I don't know what that is. A non-player character. Ethel is a supporting side role in this start. And Ethel... In this episode, anyway. I hope that changes. But but all three seasons. Ethel's popped in and been a small supporting role in all the plots. And she's been used and she's been present and she's been popular. Yeah. And she's done pretty good with what she's been given. Yeah. Look at her doing this great seizure. She's an excellent actor. But she's getting no agency. We're never with her. We're never with her perspective. Yeah. And also, she's not acting very well. Creepy. Her acting's good. She's not behaving. Oh, yeah. In a generally positive light when we've been seeing her the last two seasons a lot. Um, yeah, Evelyn is creepy. Yes, Evelyn's creepy. And maybe causing seizures? Love how hard she's like, who, di- who dis? And then... Oh, this is so fun. I'm reminded vaguely of Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> I'm reminded vaguely of Norma Jean Baker. You'd think she would get a better wig. Yes. All right. I R-O-T-C. like how there's just conveniently a desk for Kevin. Ready and waiting. What, is, what does R-R-O-T-C even mean? Uh, It's junior cadets. It's military. Okay. Trainee, basically. Or pre, pre-military. It's... it's Boy Scouts ish, but a but a military program. Uh, Canadian equivalent is cadets. Okay. Um, so here's something I'm I, yellow, I, orangish, reddish flag. Yeah. That scene. Um, Kevin Keller in the comic books, um, is the son of a military officer, I believe, not the sheriff. Yeah. Well, he is in this show too. She's just overseas. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. His mother. Um. Yeah. Talking over this super yes. trope warden scene. Yes. Um, You've gotten tapped. You saved Rich's anger, probably Fight Club. Okay, go mm-hmm. back to what you were saying. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Ah. You were talking about Kevin Keller. Military. Yeah. Um, a lot of the um, introduction of the character leaned into patriotism, Americana, military reputation, and those tropes and arcs of upstandingness. Yes. To underscore the re- respectability politics presenting Kevin and mm-hmm. the clean cut character. I yes. hope we're not going back into that piece of his history. I know okay. that I'm talking over an important scene. Yes. Because all the parents have an e- evil secret club all where the they know what they did last yes. summer. Yes. So, Chloe, here's the spoilery thing. Okay. I'm a little ready. bit. Okay, get no, ready. No, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait until after the episode. Okay, so they I'm not all look make really people... uncomfortable and worried. But this is. This is there's stuff out about this. There's stuff yeah. out about this. And the fact that these parents all knew each other. 
Well, they all knew each other because they all went to high school. Yeah, but they all really knew each other. As we can clearly see, the mortal enemies coming to the same room, talking about their pact. What is happening? Okay. I love that Hermione's leading. Yeah. Because, like, she's the mayor. (laughs) And the one who knows Dilton's dead. Where's Molly Ringwald in all this? Coming in from Chicago? Oh, yeah, we're about to see a very triggering scene. Prepare yourselves. Yes. Regarding violence and self-violence. In a sci-fi setting. Yeah. <sighs> Interesting, nice nice blue-yellow contrast in this scene. Yeah, strong color grading. Yeah, with that red exit sign down at the end. Mm-hmm. But still nice, warm yeah. indoor. See, I've been paying attention. Yeah. Do you want to check on Ben? That's like... Chekhov's gun, basically. Should we check on Ben? <laughs> How's he doing? I'm just sitting in the window. No big. He's not monitored or What's hooked up to anything. On his wrist? Is it just his hospital bracelet? Mm. No, there's like... Something else. happening over there. Some other business? Oh, no, it's his IV. Okay. Mm. In which... Two teenagers. Creepy, 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 creepy. Fail to talk a man down from suicide and watch him die in front of them. Adding another layer of trauma. Yes. How many people have they seen die now? Can we do like a full season of therapy in Riverdale? Yeah, I want the therapy season. They deserve the therapy season. Oh boy, Chloe! (laughs) Okay, tell me the spoilers. Get ready, Riverdale gang. You're about to hear spoilers. For 30 seconds. You don't want to hear them. Jump ahead 30 seconds. Um, In an upcoming episode, I think possibly episode 5, it is an all-flashback episode to the parents, played by the same actors. Everyone's playing the parents. There are stills out. It's been released. It looks amazing. People are playing their parents? Yeah, Lily is playing uh, Alice. Uh, Mads is playing Penelope. Uh, Archie's, um, KJ is Fred, Cole is FP, etc., etc. Yeah, and guess what? They all played a creepy culty game, pseudo D&D game together one night, and something happened and came magic realism, and they promised never to speak of it again. Wait, who's Veronica gonna play then? Her- Hermione. Well, who's gonna play Hiram? I don't know. It's <gasps> said somewhere, exhausted. I think. exhausted. But anyway, that exists. Wow! Yeah, so process that. Gang. Cool, I'm excited about that. Okay, we're back. Spoilers are over. Spoilers are over. Spoilers are over. Spoilers are over. Hopefully that was 30 seconds. It was um, probably less than 30 seconds, but it's fine. Okay, so I hope we're done with, wow. the, with the crappy genre I don't care about, which yes. is Trope Prison, where it all just needs to come together with some broish bonding over a game. Yeehaw! Um, because then we <laughs> broke out in realistic violence. Realistic prison violence. Yes, realistic prison violence. Where a bunch of Teenage children in juvenile detention are violently beat down by riot cops. That that that's realistic. Yeah, that checks out. Yep. <laughs> we believe it. Yep. Um I would also like the uh plot here's what I would love to have happen. I would yeah. love Kevin to impress Mason Senior mm-hmm. and then Mason Senior to be like, Yeah, you're cool, you can date my son. That's where I want this to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the the only the only good outcome and I agree with you when we're I think it's probably going to go because this is the only good outcome is for it all to be moose. It's all back on moose 
coping with his identity. Right? Yes. And everyone... The, the only way for... I think it, it... Yeah. For us not to make this a problem piece is to lean into that journey. You know, it, it it's, it's Moose's own journey and not Moose versus others. Not Moose versus society. Yes. We don't need... way a, more interesting. A, an... A, a person versus society fight right now on this show. Yeah. We need a person versus self journey, maybe. I can go yes. on that. For this character. Yeah. I'm interested in, like, people versus society, maybe for other characters. But mm. there's just so many genres happening on this show right now. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Folks, y'all. I'm, I don't I, know. I'm hoping we're fast forwarding back through prison and probably through what might be a real intense wild fight club and whatever it takes to get Archie out of prison. I feel like that's going to be the the short arc and maybe this whatever's building with Juggy and Bed and Betty and the cults are maybe going to be the long plot. But we'll see. Yeah. And I'm well, Hiram's the long plot. I really want him to be dead. I don't like him. I like... I, he's a character I'm okay not liking, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I like the. I think the actor is well cast in that role. Yes. I, that is all directed at the character who just keeps mm-hmm. ruining people's lives for his own convenience to make money. I'm... <sighs> I really am interested in, in the change now that Hiram's shown this explicit and extreme use of violence. Yeah. I feel like the layers of protection that Veronica has been under are peeling away. And I'm really interested in how she re- responds. Yeah. Oh my god, is Hal Cooper going to be at the game? And who's going to play him? Good question! <gasps> wow. All this and more. All this and more. Eventually. Episode five. I'm really excited. I think I might be wrong about that. It's an upcoming soonish episode, not the oh next one. Oh my god, I'm so into it. Yeah. Anything else, Chloe? No, I think I'm good. That's most of my feels. That was a big episode. A lot happened. Um, real different type of genre spread from the first episode. First episode felt like we're putting a lot of, like all the board games are being taken off the shelf and spread out the table. Yeah. This episode, we played one or two of those yeah, games. I feel that. And we discarded one and we kept one. Yes. You know, if that's an actual formula, great. Yeah. I'm curious what the next episode holds for us. Yeah, we're here for it, Riverdale. The Riverdale Gang uh, podcast is recorded on, and Riverdale itself is shot on, unceded Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish territory. We would like to thank patreon patreon and mike and thunderquack and all of you for tuning in every week yay um can i co-opt one more thing i thought to mention yes um if any of y'all nerds are in vancouver with us or the lower mainland in general sorry i keep hitting a metal thing and scaring chloe that's okay (laughs) um there is a municipal election yes this week saturday I have voted already. I also voted in advance voting. It's real important and giant and wild and big and all over the place. There's like 71 council candidates for 10 spots. Yeah. Victoria is also having an election if any of you are in Victoria. Yeah, and I, so are all of the suburbs Toronto, around Vancouver. Toronto. So much is happening right now. And municipal yeah. politics, to quote Ryan Karen, is like the the politics that will actually affect your daily life. The revolution will be municipal. 
Yes. And it will not be motorized either. Yeah. Um, um, real important stuff happens at the municipal level. Um, so please do look at your candidates. I'm a big politician buff nerd who has been aggressively gathering candidates on Twitter since like February. So dead serious. If any of you send me a message in Vancouver saying, I don't know where to start, I will give you a lot of thoughts and a lot of opinions. I'm not going to put them on the podcast. That would be rude. And I would, Chloe would have to stop me. Thank you, thank you for mentioning that because I almost just launched into who I voted for. <laughs> but go vote. Also, I voted the day my parents and I had to put our cat down, so like... It's hardcore. No excuses. So you don't have any excuses. Unless, unless you're putting something more emotionally intense than a beloved family pet down. I sincerely hope you're not unless it's assisted medical assistance and death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so that's an that's a button, right? That's, that's a, button. a button. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.